What's up, family? Wow, come on, guys, you can do better now. What's up, family? All right, all right. So, uh, man, we're excited today. We're going to jump off with a new series called Relationship Hacks. Wow, okay. This could be a little bit more challenging than I realized, huh? Um, y'all bear with me a little bit. Um, I'm feeling better. Just uh, my voice is a little challenged, so y'all bear with me today. Um, there's always a lot of adversity when you uh, you minister the Word of God, but it's kind of strange. I don't know if I've ever faced uh, this much challenge in we're talking about relationships because uh, one thing that the enemy doesn't want is the enemy doesn't want you to have healthy relationships. Yeah, so this year is a year of what? Come on, guys. This year is a year of what? It's a year of health. So we started off talking about focus, all right? with the same vein of health along with focus, and now we're talking about relationships because God wants us to have a healthy life, and God wants us to have healthy relationships, all right? This is a big deal, all right? It's a really, really big deal. Your, your biggest gift in the earth is always going to be Jesus. Your next biggest gift in the earth is always going to be relationships. It's always going to be relationships, and the enemy works night and day to come against uh, those relationships. So what is a hack? We hear that word a lot, right? What is a hack? So, um, you know, for me, uh, my, my wife loves this. My wife loves a good hack. She's, she's always trying to, to Google something. But, like, if you wanted to have a definition, I, I wanted to use this, this illustration from a GPS. You ever GPS something and you're kind of a, a long ways away and it pulls up three routes? It pulls up one route, which is the shortest, but you go 10 miles further, but it's all expressway. So it's actually the shortest time-wise, right? And then there's another route that's actually the, I would say, the shortest as far as distance, but it might take a little bit longer. Stop signs, whatever, okay? And then there's another route that could be, let's just say there's tolls. So it gives you a whole other route so that you save money. Do you see what I'm saying? So there's, there's three different routes, and you have to choose which way you go. And a hack sometimes is what route that you choose. Are you with me? So a hack can be defined as a shortcut. So are there actually shortcuts inside of relationships? Because we want to have fun with this, right? We want to have fun, okay, because sometimes life is so serious. Is that okay? So we want to have fun with this. So what, what are some good relationship hacks you know, I know, let me, let me back up. What is just a good hack in general? So I know Ben always talks about YouTube University. So anybody ever go on YouTube to try to get a hack? So, you know, like if your taillight's out and you just take it to the shop, they're going to charge you 50 bucks just for a $5 bulb. And you could just go on YouTube and that would be called a what? That'd be a hack, right? It's a shortcut, but you save money, you got all that in one. So what, what is a good relationship hack? What's that? Love first. Okay. All right. Love first. All right. That's good. That's good. Love first. So that means like if somebody slaps your face, you do what? So so someone could slap you like our little, y'all seen our promo video, right? Y'all seen our promo video? If y'all haven't seen it, y'all share it, okay? So people getting slapped left and right. So that's what Jesus said, right? Love first. Okay. Y'all heard that from Hannah, one of our uh, worship leaders, okay? So if you slap her, she's going to turn the other cheek because she's going to love first. So, so like, if you holler out now, I'm going to put you on the spot, all right? So who's next? What, what, what's a good relationship hack? 
that would be a dude that says that. So like me with my wife, when it comes to movies, I always tell her she knows what I like. So I'm like, you, you know you're not going to want what I pick because, you know, I like to shoot them up bang, bang stuff, you know. So take her to a movie that she likes and you just kind of what? Tough it out, right? You just kind of tough it out. All right. Any big picture stuff? So I'm going to tell you one that I got. All right. Christian Mingle. Y'all think I'm crazy, right? Hey, listen, but there's a hack within a hack, okay? So with Christian Mingle, you can't just go on these things and just think you're going to find a diamond in the rough. I went on Christian Mingle, and I prayed in tongues. So that's a hack within a hack. So I prayed in tongues, and I said, oh, snap, there's Paula. Y'all think I'm joking. I found my wife on Christian Mingle. But I had a hack within a hack. I prayed in tongues. I, oh, yeah, there she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a hack within a hack. Hey, it worked. Hey, we eight years in. All right, we got two kids. We doing good. So are you single people out there? We're going to talk about y'all next week. I'm just giving y'all some heads up. A hack within a hack, all right? Anybody else? Coffee. Okay. Okay. Coffee. Coffee. That could be an inexpensive hack. Do the dishes. Okay. Was that Karen? Do the dishes. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Sasha. Do the dishes. All right. Okay, that one went over my head. You got to help me out. Oh, snap. So just FYI, we are talking about relationships, and next week we will talk about sex. So just let you know, because who created sex? Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes, it's the world that's messed it up, but God's the one that created it, and it is holy. So sometimes churches don't want to talk about stuff like that, but in relationships, you're supposed to. Yeah, amen, amen. Who knows, we might talk about it today. Y'all good? Yeah, so with that note, we learn too much from the world, you know what I'm saying, on how to do life. You know, it used to be like the Kardashians, right? It used to be them. People would try to learn from, from TV or social media. Now it's the, what is it, the Bachelorette? You know, it's the Bachelorette. Millions of people are trying to figure out how to do relationships based on what the world says instead of actually what God says inside of relationships. Because what you end up walking away with is you end up walking away with being wounded. You end up walking away with having something going on inside of your life that only Jesus can fix and then actually turn you back around so that you can be healthy inside of a relationship. You know, happiness is not finding the right person. I'm going to say that again. Happiness is not finding the right person. You know what happiness is? It's being the right person. Happiness is being the right person. It's very interesting because we're going to take off in the book of Genesis because God makes man and woman in Genesis 1. But in Genesis 2, he don't bring them both on the scene first. He brings 
one on the scene first to show you that happiness is being the right person because two halves don't make a whole. You could get two halves inside of a room and it'd be hell. Yeah, she completes me. No, she don't. Because if you go in in like that, you know what I mean? It, it, it can be damaging. So Jesus is the one that completes us. Happiness is not finding the right person. Happiness is what? Being the right person. That's a hack. And learning that and walking that out. All right? So before I jump into Genesis, let me share this real quick. Um, you know, Jesus did so much so that we can have healthy relationships. All right? Jesus didn't just die to get us into heaven. Ben, Pastor Ben talked about it a minute ago, you know, when we were taking communion. He, he died so that we could have heaven on earth. And part of that inside of, is inside of relationships. Relationships are challenging. But God wants us to have heaven on earth inside of our relationships. So, so, so let me stop for a minute. Happiness is not finding the right person. Happiness is what? So if I'm not being happy, you see what I'm saying? Then it can become where it's challenging for me to actually enjoy relationships. Always guarded. Always conspiracy theories. Right? I'm always discerning. I'm discerning something about Howard. No, no, you're really not. Do you see what I'm saying? No, it's, it's really not that complicated. It's just being happy and learning to be comfortable inside of your own skin and learning to walk this out with him, right? And Jesus paid for this. You know, in the Psalms, you have Psalms 22. Jesus quotes this psalm when he's on the cross. A lot of us are familiar with this when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He quotes Psalms 22. What was he saying? Because man got kicked out of the garden because of disobedience and there was separation with the Father. He was willing to be separated so that you could be happy, bringing you back inside of God's presence. Seriously, that was the worst day of Jesus' life was when that happened. Then Psalm 69 is the penalty that he paid inside of hell. But Psalms 2 is the resurrection. It's the victory. And what's very interesting is that when Jesus actually rises from the dead and walks into heaven with his blood, the father asks him this question. He says, what do you want for what you did? And he says, give me the nations for my inheritance. He says, give me the ends of the earth. Okay? When you get a chance, go back and read that. All right, read those three Psalms. But watch this. The beginning of Psalms 2 deals with you and me, meaning that the only way that Jesus can get what he paid for is through you and me connected. And this is what it says. It says, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing and the kings of this earth set themselves? And it says, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords. It is the strategy of the enemy to separate us because the plan is for us together connected, we actually walk out the victory of Jesus and we get what he paid for. We can't do it separated. We do it together. Are you with me? And that's why he comes against relationships so hard is because the blood of Jesus paid for us to be happy in his presence, to become whole, and to walk this out together. And that is the only way it works is together. 
That's why there's such a weirdness when it comes to unity. All right? Unity is not in conformity. Unity is in diversity. You are different from me. I am different from you. And we celebrate our uniqueness and our differences as we are what? Happy and becoming whole in him. And the enemy works night and day to stop this. You ever sat at night thinking of those conspiracy theories in your mind because someone didn't do something, say something, or whatever else? Like you've already formed this whole complete plan that they really don't like me. And we've all done that. No, seriously. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, it talks about this. It talks about conspiracy theories. It says cast down every imagination. Some translation says conspiracy theories. You ever see conspiracy theories on social media, right, on YouTube? Y'all don't watch that stuff, I hope, right? Ben does. Well, no, no it's, it's the Democrats. No, it's the Republicans. No, it's someone's time to take over this or it's whatever it is. And we're like, are you kidding me? People really come up with this stuff? And that goes on in our head when someone doesn't smile at you. You acknowledge somebody and, and they're going through something right now and, and they don't, they're like checked out because they're going through something and they don't see you. And all of a sudden you're like, man, what I do to him? Do you see what I'm saying? And these conspiracy theories start moving inside of our head. The same way we look at this stuff sometimes in the world we're going, do people really believe this stuff? And that stuff goes on inside of our head. Are y'all with me? What, 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 what do we do with that? This is not in my notes, but this is Jesus. God wants us to be whole, and God wants us to be happy. And one of the things that God wants us to do is, just like when God brought man on the scene in the beginning in the garden, he brought him on the scene so that man could begin to learn to enjoy the presence of God and become whole, walking this relationship out with him so that he didn't allow any kind of weird thoughts to come against his mind. Are you with me? So we have to do the same thing. And I'm not teaching on spiritual warfare, but the enemy wants to hijack your mind. He wants to make you think stuff that no one else is thinking. He wants to make you think that you're thinking this stuff too, which is even a whole other message. I just feel like I can't. And that's really the enemy putting that in your mind with the personal pronoun I and you thinking it's you and it's not you. Are you with me? Okay. So, hey, listen, you know what love says? 1 Corinthians 13. Love says it believes the best and it hopes the best. So what happens if you, if I'm thinking some jankity thought about Jose? All right. I cast down that thought. I will believe the best and hope the best. That's who you are. That's your real identity. That's your spirit man or your spirit woman. Your soulish realm is just fickle based on whatever's going on, whatever you hear, whatever goes through the senses. So I just say no, and you make an active choice to believe with who you really are, which is love. I'm just going to believe the best. And I know God's ministering in here because I can't get into my message. Are you all with me? Because God wants us what? He wants us healthy. And he wants us to be happy. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be whole. And really, to be honest, with Christians, with all of us, God calls us believers. So it's not a hard thing for us to do. It's our nature. But we're so challenged with this thing called the mind. Every single day, it comes against every one of our minds. It don't matter who you are. It came against Jesus. 
They came against his mind. So God says, just, you know what? It's, it's kind of easy. He says, just refuse to think that. And then just reinforce it with what to think. I'm going to believe the best. I'm going to hope the best in that person. Come on, somebody. Can I, I should get a better amen than that. Are y'all with me? I mean, seriously, I could just, we could stop there and pray, and if I just do that, my relationships will change. If I just do that, my life will change. Y'all good? All right, let's go to Genesis. Genesis chapter 2. Should get somebody else to read. All right, we in the garden. So I've done kind of set it up for you. Genesis 1, God makes man a woman in Genesis 1. God brings man on the scene first for a reason, okay? God wants to establish a principle. When you see something for the first time in Scripture, it's a principle that actually goes all the way through Scripture. Brings man on the scene first. The reason he does is because God wants you to be healthy when it comes to relationships, all right? He wants you to eat from the tree of life. That's the word of God. That's his presence. So in Genesis 2, 15 through 18, it says, Then the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden to tend it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that this dude should be alone. This is a funny, this is a really, really funny story right here. I'm going to let y'all look through my eyes because this is funny to me. It is not good that this dude be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. I told you now, God done made them in the spirit in Genesis 1, and God done gave them some commands. All right? What was the first command that God gave them? Somebody read the Bible. Hey, be fruitful and multiply. Hey, guys, listen, this is before sin. Adam is not naked. Adam, Adam is naked. He brings Eve on the scene. Don't you think God made her like that? And she is what? Not naked. She is naked. And the first thing God said was, be fruitful and multiply. How in the world do you get your eyes on a fruit tree when he brings this woman on the scene? He brings her on the scene because man already got his attention on the wrong thing. Do you see what I'm saying? But what the crazy thing to me is, is he brings Eve on the scene and they're still talking about a tree. How in the world? God done said be fruitful. I'd be like, Eve, you know what God said. You know what daddy said. Be fruitful, multiply. Let's be obedient together. Right? That's your first hack. Your first hack is do what God says. And you're going to be radically fruitful and multiply. That's the craziest thing in the world to me. He brings her on the scene because he got his attention on the wrong thing. But that's one of the reasons why God brings relationships inside of your life. God brings relationships inside of our life to help us sometimes to get us back on the right track. Don't matter where we at inside of our walk. Real talk. 
You could be doing this thing for 20 years, 30 years. Relationships are always to help us and make us head to the finish line. And there's got to be a humility with this. Do you see what I'm saying? Hey, listen, I, I had to learn this the hard way. Studying the word a lot. I can remember sometimes God wouldn't answer my prayer. And I'm like, you know, what's going on? And God was trying to answer my prayer through a person. And I'm like, I, I know the word and I know God will answer my prayer. And the whole time, God's trying to answer my prayer through a person. And I don't think it was a lack of humility. It was a lack of just insight. But God puts relationships inside of our life, not just to help us like that, but just to so much accelerate because we are all called to help each other. He needs a helper. And every single one of us, relationships are so key in the kingdom to accelerate you and to get you where God wants you in life. Are you with me? Now we just wear clothes. All the time, hopefully. So Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It says two people are better than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other will reach out and help. But if someone who falls alone, excuse me, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two standing back to back can conquer or and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. You know, there's a scripture that says one will put a thousand to flight and two will put ten thousand to flight. And it's talking about when God puts us together with other people, even when it comes to your prayer life. Even when it comes to the things that you could be challenged with, even when it seems like you, you haven't been able to get breakthrough inside of your life, God puts relationships inside of our life because his heart is for us to always walk in greatness. The challenge for all of us, really, to be honest, is identifying the relationships and at the same time staying in a place of humility, but also be willing to be vulnerable. It's going to get quiet now. Hey, listen, every one of us is guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. I'm good. I'm good. And we're in the presence of the Lord, and we read the Bible and all those things, and we want to lean on his strength, and all of that's good. But sometimes we are not allowing the ones around us to help how God wants them to help, and really the way God's designed things. In Ephesians chapter 4, and it deals with the government of God, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, the teacher. It says, therefore, the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. And it goes on to say that inside of the body of Christ, it says that God has divinely joined us together, just like my arm is connected to my torso. So it says it supplies nourishment to each other. There's nourishment that we all have that we supply to each other. So what if Jesus just stood before you and he says, you know what, Howard? You can pray and you can study and you can just keep your foot on the gas. And there's some things that I have for your life that's going to take you 10 years to walk in breakthrough. You might say, why so long? Why did it take 25 years for Abraham to have a kid? I have no idea. God, I hope it's not like that. But there's things sometimes with breakthrough that we can't really understand. But what if God says, you know what, Howard, but if you stay connected to 
these three people right here, and you choose to stay humble and transparent, you'll break through in six months. What would you do? What would you do? I know what we would all do. We would all take that hack. Because even inside of itself, relationships become the hack. They become the hack from heaven in that they are the method of God. They are the economy of God that begins to speed things up inside of our life. So relationships are going to be challenging. I think there's probably, I, I looked through, uh, you know, wanting to minister this word to you. I wanted to look and, and find like a story out of the Bible to kind of minister maybe something challenging and um, something that would open up our eyes, just a story in the word. And um, I don't think there's no greater challenge than the last week that Jesus is on the earth when it comes to relationships. And if you get a chance, I would encourage you to do this today. John chapter 14 through 17, those chapters, they deal with the second biggest hack. The first hack is what? Y'all remember? Obedience. Yeah, just step out and do what God says. God's going to actually speed you up. He's going to actually make you fruitful. And what else? He's not just going to add you. He's going to multiply. But in John 14 through 17, Jesus talks about this new person that's going to come on the scene inside of your life. He's actually called the helper. See, God says it's not good for man to be alone, but I'm going to give them a helper. And the Holy Spirit has become your best friend. He becomes the biggest hack inside of the kingdom of God. How well do I know the only God on the earth? God is three manifested in one, but he is the Godhead in the earth right now. How well do I know him? How well do I talk to him? How well do I commune with him? How well do I treat him like a friend to where there's just an open dialogue of communication? He becomes my helper. He's the one that makes me happy. He's the one that makes me one. So Jesus begins to talk about this, which is very interesting in John 14 through 17. So read those scriptures when you get a chance. Read through them. Ten minutes, four chapters. But then 18 and 19, the ceiling literally begins to fall. The sky begins to fall with Jesus. Jesus is taking communion just like what we did today. And Jesus begins to talk about betrayal. So Jesus knew Judas would betray him. But think about this minute. Think about if God asked you to sow into somebody's life for three years and you knew they would betray you. But the time comes when they're going to betray you. And they're going to betray you in such a way that you know that you're going to die. Jesus was 100% God, but he still lived in 100% flesh. And he had emotions. And Judas is about to betray him. But it's very interesting that God set it up this way that Jesus teaches on the helper so that we would understand how to deal with the Judases in our life or just any challenging relationship. Because it wasn't just Judas. All of his guys took off and left him. So listen, you're not built for rejection. That's not the way God made you. But you will feel rejection in this earth. And the helper, which helps me become whole, Shows me how to handle rejection so that that don't become part of who I am. And then I begin to actually do that with others. Do you see what I'm saying? It's paramount. Because it's easy to talk about good relationships when the marriage is great and everything just flows. Sex is good. That's right. Because in a relationship, 
you're supposed to actually walk inside of all types of health inside of a marriage. But what about when stuff's not good? Talking outside of the context of marriage, just in the workplace. I was at a job where my boss was out to get me. No joke. Literally trying to sabotage me. And it's just interesting to watch how Jesus was almost like doing like a puppet thing. You know? Because in that Psalms 2, Psalms 2, when it talks about how relationships are key, it says that he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. Jesus just laughs at the opposition that the enemy brings against you as long as we choose to walk this thing out with him. I do what he says. I speed up. That's my first hack. My second one is I'm going to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit that's paramount. Watch this. It's not just paramount, but it's contagious. I'm going to talk about him. I'm going to talk about his voice. I'm going to talk about what he's saying to me. I'm going to talk about what he's doing inside of my life. I'm going to talk about all that stuff, and I'm not even going to actually mince words because others need to hear that. And that way when you get around the challenging relationships and you get around the ones that seem to like walk away from you, sometimes it's good when there's a severing. Yeah. Sometimes it's good when there's a severing. It don't mean that you sever, but sometimes it can be a healthy thing when there's a severing. But you handle it well. You handle it inside of a place where you're healthy and you're whole. Are you with me? So not only did... His boys turned their back on Jesus. But then Jesus has turned over to the Jews, and the Jews were his people. Let's just say your extended family. Come on, somebody, your aunts and your uncles. And then they put him on an illegal trial. Hypocriticals all get out because they want to try him based on the law, and they're violating the law. They do a, they do a trial at night, violate the law, and condemn him to death. He's rejected by them handed over to the Romans, which he says, I've come to die for the whole world, John 3.16. And then everyone is spitting on him and hitting him, and he went through all of this so that you can walk inside of healthy relationships. Do you see how big that is? That leads us all the way up to the point to where even the Father himself put the sin of the world on him in Psalms 22. And Jesus says, you too? You too? I'm getting rejected by heaven, the only place that I have. There was such a place of rejection that he was willing to go through so that we could walk in wholeness and healthiness. That's why it's so important that we guard. We guard and celebrate all that Jesus paid for. And you know how you do this? You do this by being obedient and walking it out. You don't do this by just coming to church, paying tithes, taking communion, doing the spiritual gymnastics and all that stuff. No, it's walking this thing outside of relationships. Real talk. Because he paid for all of that so that we could have wholeness in here. Be healthy and happy in my own skin. What does that mean? I know how to guard my mind when I'm having these weird conspiracy theories about Whoever, and I walk in this place of health, and inside of that, I'm able to love on people radically. I mean radically. And that's what Jesus was teaching us last week. 
He said, hey, guys, if you're my friend, you're going to love people how I loved you. Yeah. So when God uses the word love, like with him and people, it's not the same word as when we say, hey, we got any foodies in here? Raise your hand. Foodies? People that love food? The rest of y'all fasting? Demetrius. Demetrius the only one in there. Should Demetrius fast like a year at a time. Y'all don't, y'all don't get too close to him. I kind of kept my distance last night. I'm like, I don't want that on me. Not for really fast like six months. I was like, yo, back off with that anointing. No, we, we, we love food, but there's four words in love. Four words, excuse me, for love in the Greek. But the one that we use when it talks about loving God and loving people is completely different. But we love food. And it's funny because, like, you can cook something and the food come out jankety, right? Come out sideways. It don't mean that you don't keep eating. But it's got all these different ingredients in it. And maybe you didn't do something right. So like every single one of us, we got all of these things that's made that, that we're made of, all these different ingredients. And maybe one of them's off one day. Right? Maybe Pastor Howard's having a bad day. And maybe one of the ingredients is off. So what do we do? We walk in love. We have mercy. What about you? How do you treat you when one of the ingredients is off? Do you see what I'm saying? How do you treat yourself when one of those ingredients is off with you and how you are loving you? Because that's going to be key when it comes to loving other people. Those ingredients will be off. Yeah. We live in a fallen world with all kind of variables. Those ingredients will be off. You've got to learn to have mercy on you. I'm so preaching to myself. No, for real. Because we can't be so firm and just you got to get it right to the point to where we don't have mercy on us because that's what's going to be felt. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, y'all good? What's your first two hacks? Obedience is your first hack, all right? You are fruitful and you multiply. Your second one is you walk inside of a radical relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to give you some quick practical points on the back side of this message. Let's go to Matthew 22, 37 through 40. And uh, this is Jesus again. The last week he's on the earth, which is always paramount to me when he's about to leave because everything has a little bit more urgency. And even inside of this conversation, he's, he's, in, a, he's in a conversation with someone who's trying to trick him. And, and he knows it. Y'all, y'all ever been in one of those relationships? You know? Are you discerning? Or have you been in one of those relationships? Just messing with you. Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, everybody say hang. Come on, say hang. Everything hangs on this. 
Everything hangs on this in relationships. All right? That first one is, all right, it's not just spending time in the Word, guys. It's not just spending time in prayer and all that. that that's important. That's paramount, okay? But it's also receiving the love that comes from the Father. I can't keep, you know, reading and studying and not receiving what the Father's trying to give me. Do you see what I'm saying? Because if I don't receive, then what happens is that I can't give. It says you shall love your neighbor as your, you see what I'm saying? So watch this. I want to be practical with this. Sometimes the ingredients is off. You're going through a day, man, and just, you know what I mean? You forgot to put the pepper in. You forgot to put the salt in. You're like, man, you really forgot to put the salt. Ain't a whole lot of flavor going on today. It's all good. No real talk. It's all good, but you got to learn to have mercy on you. All right? Scripture says that God is rich in mercy. Rich. Okay? It says he's full of mercy. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. How often do we say when we mess up, stop, got mercy on me, man, I need mercy. I'm telling you, I'm preaching to myself, I got to do this more. Mercy on Howard. I'm not talking about just type A people, man, that feel like you're driven, et cetera, and all that. You know, I'm just saying in general, man, we got to learn to have mercy on ourselves. The biggest piece of mercy is that we know that Jesus loved us so much and we weren't worthy of it that he died for us and he showed us love and mercy. You can never say that you're not worthy because Jesus said, I died for you, therefore you are worthy. And that was mercy. And he brought you inside of grace now. So just remember the cross. Remember your salvation. And have mercy on yourself. You know, you do all this work and you forget to hit save. Oh, snap. Don't tear the computer up. The computer didn't do it. The ingredient was off that day. Do you see what I'm saying? Something like that becomes like uh, it sticks for when someone does something small or large and you release that mercy to somebody else. Amen, Howard. Appreciate you guys. Y'all helped me out. Struggling up here. Y'all ain't helping me. All right. Got a couple minutes. On your notes, your first, your, first, uh, your first point is enjoy the ride. Like I said, when we opened up, I said, a hack can be like three different directions. You ever, you ever started going down one of them directions? You're like, man, I went the wrong way. You can ask my wife. I'm doing better now. I'm doing still better in the, the, the driving thing. If y'all have been in those services where I talk about my driving in the car, okay, I'm doing better. But sometimes I can say, man, I took the dumb route. I took the dumb route, man. I took the dumb route. Hey, listen, God's good about moving you back around. You know what I mean? But God is more. And this, this is just, we're not like this. We got to start thinking like this, okay? But God embraces the journey more than he does the finish line. He already sees you in heaven. Scripture says Jesus sat down in the presence of God for you, not him. Like, God can see you sitting on the throne, and he says, that's you, actually, right now. And he sees the finish line. The journey is the process. Do you walk that out? Are y'all with me? Scripture says, as he is right now in heaven, so are you in the earth. So in Hebrews 9, it says he sat down, finished everything in the presence of God for you. It means he conquered the devil. 
He dealt with the flesh. He dealt with all the unforgiveness, all that. This you now. This is how he sees you right now inside that physical body right there. With all your mess, all my mess, that's how he sees you right now. That's the finish line. But he embraces the process. He embraces the journey. I'm not going to read the scriptures for time, but I encourage you to read them. John 15, 1 through 5, or 1 through 6. And the key there is you'll see Jesus saying this over and over again, even all up to verse 8. Abide. Let me say it another way. Embrace the journey. Embrace the journey. Even if you make a wrong turn, embrace the journey. Oh, man, I went the wrong way. It's traffic. Embrace the journey. Abide means to live. It deals with something where there's a sweet communion. All right? Learn to do that at all times. Don't just be a person like I, I read my word and I pray and I'm gone. No, learn to actually walk with him throughout the day. That's abiding. Learn to have an ongoing conversation with God. Lord, you see these crazy people driving? That's this is me talking now. Hey, Lord, you see these crazy people driving? Yeah, I see them, Howard. That's me talking back to myself. That's not Jesus. So I joke sometimes, like, and I'll say, come on, you can chime in anytime, Jesus. You see these crazy people driving? You ain't supposed to be in the left-hand lane. Now, look, they done jacked all the lanes up now. Now, look, now we all just stuck. You see this, Jesus? And he would just say, be patient. Walk out some fruit. Are y'all with me? But have fun, man. You think I'm joking? I really talk like that. And have fun with the Lord because, man, in church, man, we've been so weird with God. Like, not just walk out and have a relationship with him and talk to him and, you know, kick the bobo. Just talk it out. Have fun. All right, I got to go. Don't rain on your parade. I'm going to say it another way since we're talking about hacks. Don't be scared to post your hack. All right? Don't rain on your parade. It says, Psalms 139, verse 14. I got two translations up there. The first one is, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Hey, guys, there's, there's no one in the earth made like you. Like, learn to celebrate how unique and beautiful you are. There's no other creation that God has made that's like you. Like, God didn't make a cherubim, a seraphim, an archangel, none of the host of heaven. No one is like God but man. And then even inside of that, he's made you unique and special. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. What does that mean, fearfully and wonderfully made? That means that God sat down and put so much thought inside of you. Do you see what I'm saying? Learn to celebrate yourself. Yeah. I had someone in the church, man, he's so smart. He's so smart. He used to talk to me about how he don't know this. And I said, bro, do you know how smart you are in this area? I'm like, I don't know any of that. Learn to celebrate your uniqueness, your giftings, even the beauty of your personality. Are you with me? If I learn to do this, then what's going to happen is that when there's differences in the kingdom, because we said unity is in what? Conformity. No. Unity is in diversity. Unity is not in you being like me. 
But if I celebrate me and I celebrate me because of how God's made me, then I'll celebrate you. I will radically celebrate you. And let's begin to practice that as a church. No, for real, let's practice that as a church. Like, love on people to the degree that they blush. Like, man, quit. Get out of here, man. No, for real. No, for real. I'm serious. See, see what I'm saying? And we got to learn to not only do it, but we got to learn to, okay, say it again. Come on one more time. Don't rain on your parade. God's the one that made you that way. Yeah. Hit post. All right, the last one is, uh, hey, this is me now. This is your pastor up here, right? Put your money where your mouth is. Y'all heard that phrase before, put your money where your mouth is? That simply means you need to back it up. Because what I've showed you in these three points is I've showed you relational hacks that deal with what Jesus shared in Matthew 22. Loving him, loving yourself, and then loving others. Loving others. Put your money where your mouth is. Okay? Be radically generous with the love that's been poured into your heart. Like radically generous. Talk to people. All right? I'm an introvert. Step out. Okay? And love on people. Did I say introvert? Yeah, introvert. I'm an introvert. I'm an extrovert. All right? I'm a new creation. I'm like Jesus. Are y'all okay? You sure? We're setting the foundation today. Man, my prayer for each and every one of us is that we become happy inside of ourselves. That you're happy with you. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. My wife, uh, I don't know if I got the exact timeline right, but like she was, she was dating this guy like when she was 22, somewhere around there, and God told her that's not the guy. And um, she waited for me. She waited, but she was happy inside of her skin. Over a decade later, single people here are like, good God Almighty, I wish she wouldn't have said that. As an abomination, what he just said. I'm not giving anybody no timeline, but what I'm saying is she chose to be happy inside of herself, to wait on the right person. She got the right person too. So every day, guys, listen, every day, it, it is a journey. Is it a journey not to, not to rain on your parade? It's a journey to put your money where your mouth is, right, when it comes to this. But the, the end all is God wants you to be so happy in you, okay? That helps us with all the challenges of relationships. That helps us with the gift, the gift of relationships, all right? I want you to stand with me. 
I want you to look around. I want you to high-five somebody and tell them you love them. Tell them you love them. Relationships are a gift. So hey, let's bow our heads for a moment. If you've come inside of this space today and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, today is your day. Like when you lay your head on the pillow, you don't know if you're going to heaven. And you want to know that today. You're just not sure. It's okay. I want you to hear me. It's okay. All right? I want to pray with you. And the Holy Spirit's going to come to live inside of you today. And you will know that Jesus is your best friend. He's your Savior. And that your home is in heaven. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you today, just raise your hand. This is all about you and Jesus. So church family, I want you to do this with me so that we celebrate every single person that makes a decision. I want you to pray with me out loud. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me. I repent of my sin and I choose you as Savior. Thank you so much. Help me on this journey. In Jesus' name. Come on church, let's celebrate Jesus and what he did.